In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who doesn't always tell us what we want to hear. And that's probably a good thing. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, um, uh, just for the sake of the people that are going to be listening on the podcast, I'm going to re-explain this thing. Um, and for those of you that came in late, the reason that my uh, phone number is taped to the, the little podium thing today is that uh, I am taking requests in the sermon. And, uh, and so I have asked people to text in or to social media in uh, some things that you want to hear about uh, in the sermon. And, um, and so we're just going to take a look at what those things are. I have six um, unread messages just on, on my um, uh, texting alone. So um, uh, let's see here. Um, we'll just take kind of the first one. Um, is a person who builds walls unable to be a Christian? Um, well, that one's pretty easy. Um, I know a lot of construction workers, and um, they build walls, and uh, masons as well, and um, uh, they are able to be Christians. Jesus loves them, um, uh, and even though they are sinners, and, uh, you know, maybe they, they uh, might do and say some pretty ridiculous things at times, um, uh, they are still able to be Christians. Um, uh, so, uh, let's go back. Let's see. Um, uh, okay. Some, somebody wants to hear a sermon about anime. Um, I, I am uh, not really the biggest anime fan. Um, uh, and, uh, so, uh, I, I sort of grew up with anime. Uh, anime is Japanese cartoons that kind of have a little bit more of an adult feel to them than what Bugs Bunny does. Um, I, I I think I would have to use anime as a uh, as an illustration, and so I'm thinking of um, uh, the movie Akira, um, which which is very confusing, and um, uh, at the end of it leaves you going, "What just happened to me?" Uh, which is much like when you read the Book of Revelation. Um, so this is going great. Um, all right, somebody else. Uh, I want a sermon on theodicy, how to reconcile omnipotence with omnibenevolence. Um, and then the person sitting next to this person uh, wants a sermon explaining the Trinity. Um, okay, so theodicy is uh, basically ask, answering the question, why do bad things happen? Um, and so that uh, reconciling omnipotence, which means um, uh, God is really great and he can do anything, uh, and then omnibenevolence, he is all benevolent, he is all good, uh, if that is the case, then if he's so powerful and so good, why do we have bad stuff that happens? And uh, the simple answer is, you're a dirty sinner. Um, and, and because sin is in this world and sin has uh, mutated things around, and uh, because of that, then um, God's... Oh, somebody else just sent something in. Um, 
Because of God's own Son coming to us, and, and that gets into the Trinity, um, uh, he reconciled the world to himself and, um, uh, and somebody else yet. Um, uh, and through him being a, a, a three-person, yet one God being, he was able to send his Son in order to die, and he himself not die, and, uh, and yet raise his Son Back to life. And so that's going to be that sermon. Um, next, um, I'd like to hear more about St. Luke chapter 13, the fox and the demons and the cures. Um, yeah, uh, Herod is kind of foxy in this one, isn't he? Yeah, um, uh, and, um, and so that's actually our gospel reading for today, and uh, we're going to be getting into that later. So there. Um, uh, some reference to Lady Gaga's tribute to David Bowie. Um, I haven't seen that yet, so I'm sure it was epic. Uh, all right, uh, keep, keep, keeping going here. Uh, whatever you have to say, just know that the sheep judge the shepherd. <laughs> Great. Uh, let's see. One more. Can, can people who have never heard the word of God go to heaven? Um, not those who worship another God, but uh, people that, um, who have never heard the word of God go to heaven. Um, uh, the, the answer there is, um, uh, honestly, uh, we, uh, we leave that up to the mercy of God. We, we know that God is a merciful God, and, and we allow that to uh, be the case. And uh, we, we try not to get into judging people ourselves, but we just leave that up to him. Um, and then uh, I'd like a sermon. <laughs> okay, so, you know, we have a couple of people here who um, do uh, dance marathon. And uh, this person, I would like to s- a sermon on why people should donate to my dance marathon fundraising account. <laughs> because it, it's for the kids. It, it goes to help kids out. And that's a good work, although uh, you don't have to do it because um, uh, you're, you are not saved by your works, but rather you're saved by Jesus Christ. Um, and uh, I know that there were a few that came in on social media, and uh, we could go on and on and on. And i tell you what I'll do. I promise to respond to all of these and even look at what Lady Gaga and David uh, was doing with David Bowie um, uh, and uh, put them on University Lutheran's website later on this week. But um, so so this has been kind of interesting, kind of fun, right? Yeah, I, I bet you wish that you could do this all of the time. And uh, and in fact, you know, it might be kind of fun to kind of take requests uh, a little bit more seriously uh, in a time in the future. But now I'm going to stop all of the request stuff. And uh, the the whole reason that I did this is because of what our texts today are actually talking about, and uh, specifically what's happening in the book of Jeremiah. And so uh, we come in on Jeremiah, and Jeremiah has just gotten done preaching a sermon, and it hasn't been a sermon that people have requested. Trust me, they are not very happy with what has been said in this sermon. What's been said in this sermon is basically that Jerusalem is going to fall, and that is... In Jeremiah's day, that is heresy. That is something that is a no-no that's very bad. And that is why they say, you shall die. Because that is what is supposed to happen. 
if somebody comes into the city and says, this city is going to die, that is such a big no-no, that what they're supposed to do is to take that prophet away and kill them. Which, amazingly, Jeremiah is kind of okay with. He's like, well, do what you do, but listen to what I said. And it's kind of an interesting story where where you have uh, these people strongly respond to the word of God, strongly respond to what God has given Jeremiah to say. And, well, what Jeremiah has to say from God is something that Jeremiah himself knows is, well, not going to make people very happy. And there are times in which... When we look at what's in the Bible and when we look at what is there for us and what the Word of God is telling us, we can get a little bit concerned that we might end up being Jeremiah. That when we take a look at at what's written in Scripture, we, we might be a little bit concerned that, well, if I go and tell this to somebody, well, they might respond to me by, you shall die. Maybe not because you said anything about Tallahassee or Dope Campbell or whatever, but because it's something that they don't want to hear. And there's plenty that we don't want to hear. And most of what we don't want to hear is that, well, we're sinful human beings. We have fallen short of the glory of God. That we are not who God wants us to be. That's what he's saying to Jerusalem. He's saying, Jerusalem, I am going to mow you down. I am going to let a foreign nation invade here. They're going to take you off into exile. And the whole reason that I'm going to do that is that you're not living up to who you're supposed to be. And so God could just as easily, we recognize this, God could just as easily come to us and say, Jay Winters, you're not living up to who you're supposed to be. And so because of that, I am going to mow you down. Oh, well, that's, that's great, God, thanks. Uh, I will go and rejoice now. It's a little tough to respond that way. It's a little tough to respond that way when we hear words of judgment against us. It's a little bit tough when we hear the word of God sort of implicating us. And yet there's a little part of us that thinks that that is how the word of God is supposed to work. That what we're really praying for is, a, is just an awesome Jeremiah to come through in our lives and to tell us how bad we are. And then after we understand how bad we are, then, well, I can repent. And then after that, well, um, maybe if I repent hard enough, maybe if I repent sincerely enough, well, then God will just see my repentance and God will see how sorry I am. And because he knows how sorry I am, then he will say, Oh, well, you're a really good sorry guy, so you're okay. Well, I, I go to the gym 
off and on because I'm a sinner. I go for a long time and then I take huge breaks. It's much like my spiritual life and, and resisting sin. And when I go there, I, I, I don't ever pay the money for these people, so I just enjoy watching them. Uh, they're, they're the people that shell out the cash for the personal trainer. And, and I always, you know, I've always got my earphones on, and I'm usually kind of reading a book because I'm an introvert, and it freaks me out to be around people. Um, and, but I see them, and I always kind of wonder what their conversations are like. And I think that if we applied that kind of a conversation to how we think that God would work with us, that uh, God as personal trainer would be this guy. Uh, You would pay them money, and then they would go up to you, and they would say, um, yeah, you're fat, and you're going to die. See you next week. Well, that's, I mean, I could be a personal trainer with that. That'd be kind of fun. But I I think sometimes that we get that impression that that's what the Word of God does to us. That that is how the Word of God works in our lives. And this whole series that we're doing is, is all about worship. And the thing that we're talking about today in worship is how we get formed. And, and so when you look at the relationship with the personal trainer, and the personal trainer is actually literally pretty much trying to form you, well, the personal trainer who just says, well, you're fat and you're going to die, well, isn't probably going to do much of anything at all. Also, the personal trainer who says, goes up and says, well, hi, my name is... Bob, what do you want to do today? And you say, well, I see that you have many large screen televisions in here. I would like you to go get me a bag of Doritos while I find something to watch. And that is what I would like to do. And the personal trainer goes, I'll see you in about 15 minutes. There's a gas station around the corner. I'll grab two bags. I'll sit there with you, and we'll watch TV together. Well, that personal trainer is probably going to form you in a whole different way than what you're actually shelling out the money for. And so the question here is then, you know, well, how does the Word of God actually work? Well, the Word of God actually works in this way. The, the thing about the personal trainer, the reason that people pay money for that person is that person actually makes it possible for them to know what to do. So the personal trainer knows, okay, you look like you can probably handle this amount of weight to start us off. And... As you're starting it off and you're doing these things, then I'm probably going to up it, you know, a little bit later on down the road. You know, you're going to do a little bit other different exercise, and, uh, and that's how we're going to form you. That's how we're going to shape you. And then after that, you're going to feel really good about yourself because not only are you going to look like Adonis, but you are also going to know how this works. 
And yet that's still not exactly how the Word of God operates. Because the Word of God operates in a way that is not all about you. The Word of God operates in a way that says, I am going to come into your life and I am going to change you. I am going to come into your life and you may not want this right now, but I'm going to do this to you anyway. And that is exactly what Jesus is saying about Jerusalem. If you watch what he's saying, first of all, the Pharisees come up to Jesus and say, hey, get out of town because Herod's coming after you. Which, I mean, that's amazing because the Pharisees throughout the rest of Scripture are like, uh, we want Jesus dead. But, you know, kind of the enemy of my enemy is my friend sort of a deal here. They're like, hey, get out of town, Jesus. And then Jesus says something to the effect of, well, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And then he, it's like he scans across and he sees Jerusalem and he, he laments and he says, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets. And he laments over the fact that they reject him time and time and time again. They lament that all they, they want to hear is stuff that builds them up. All, all they want to hear is stuff that says, you're okay. All they want to be is that person who's like, well, I just want to watch TV and eat Doritos and somehow believe that somehow I'm going to get stronger and skinnier and all of that good stuff out of this. And Jesus doesn't leave it there, though. He says, you will see me when you're crying out, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The exact words that they're crying out when he enters into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday in order to begin a few days process that will eventually lead him to that cross. Because here's the deal. Jesus shapes us not by the law. Jesus doesn't shape us by threatening us. He doesn't shape us by saying, well, you're going to hell. Because, well, honestly, that doesn't really shape us. It just makes makes us afraid. It doesn't make us into anybody better. It doesn't make us into anybody more spiritual. It just makes us scaredy cats. So Jesus doesn't shape us by saying we're going to hell. Jesus also doesn't shape us by saying, well, you're a really bad person. Because that just imbues shame upon us. That just gets us to this point where we go, well, maybe I am really a bad person. Because you are. But Jesus sees beyond your shame. He sees beyond your guilt. And what he sees is he sees somebody for whom he is willing to die. And that is the gospel. He sees somebody who he says, there is no way you can change yourself. You are a bad person. 
You are going to break my commandments. You are going to do horrible things to one another. You are going to do horrible things to me. You're even going to do horrible things to yourself. You are bad. In fact, you're so bad that at the end of this whole thing, you are going to hell. But I tell you what. I'm going to step into your life and change that. I'm going to step into your life and I am going to die for those sins. I am going to forgive you of those sins. I am going to give you an entirely new life that is not up to you and not up to everything that you have to do. But it's just going to be a gift given directly to you. And oddly, we're kind of like, we don't want a gift. We want to work for this, man. And Jesus is like, no, 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 no. You don't. You'll mess it up. Take it as a gift. If you don't take it as a gift, at some point you will end up wanting to kill me. Take it as a gift. And when we take God's gift, when we understand his death on that cross, his resurrection from the tomb, and all of that is gift, then we begin to cry out with all of the faithful in Jerusalem as we will sing later on today in the liturgy. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen.